Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 7. Every week we go to the Word of God. Because the Word of God is what we are about. We are people of the Word. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 7. I'm going to read from the NIV. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Amen. Last week we started a new series titled The Scriptures and we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about God's Word. If you missed last week's sermon, we talked about the authority of God's Word. Is the Bible really the authority, authoritative Word of God? And it was a simple conclusion that you cannot separate God's Word from God. You can't just go, I believe in God and I don't want anything to do with His Word. No, they are one and one the same. Uh, This week we are... Moving from there, and we're going to be talking about the clarity of Scripture. And, you know, one of the many comments that you hear about when when we ask, when we talk to people about the Bible is that the Bible is too hard to understand. Amen? Amen. That's right. You know, some people are like, you know, I don't read the Bible because it's too complicated. It's funny, those same people that say that the Bible is too complicated date. And I think dating is more complicated than when you read the Bible. Amen. You know, people go, it's too complex. The language is too old school. It's too hard to understand. And you know what? I would tell you sometimes people would think this. The Bible is as clear as mud. Clear as mud. But that's the question we want to ask ourselves today. Can the Bible be understood? Is the Bible clear? Let me start with a definition of what the clarity of Scripture uh, concept is. And I think this will help us to unwrap where we're going today. The clarity of Scripture is defined as the Bible is written... In such a way that all things necessary for our salvation and Christian life are able to be understood by all who will read it, seeking God's help and being willing to follow it. Let me read it again. The clarity of Scripture is defined. The Bible is written in such a way that all things necessary for our salvation and Christian life are what? Are able to be understood by all who read it. Seeking God's help and being willing to follow it. There's another uh, definition that we see from the Westminster Confession of Faith. And it says this, All things in Scripture are not alike, plain in themselves, not alike, clear unto all. Yet, those things which are necessary to be known, believed and observed for salvation are so clearly propounded 
and opened in some place of scripture or other that not only the learned or the learned, but the unlearned in a due use of ordinary means may attain unto a sufficient understanding of them. What these two definitions are telling us is this. We can understand the Scriptures. The Scriptures can be clear for those who read it. Now, that's definition. They're theological definitions, okay? But what we want to do is we don't want to listen to a theological definition and go, well, that's a great definition. That's what I want to believe. What we want to do is we want to allow the Scriptures to speak for themselves. Because remember, right, who's got the authority? Theology does not have the authority of God. Scripture and only Scripture has the authority. So we need to let the Scripture help us unpack this. Okay? Let's go. Old Testament. The Old Testament assumes over and over again that God's Word is clear. The passage you read in Deuteronomy today is when Moses is teaching the people of God how they are to live, how they are to live in the promised land. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. You know, we, we read that in the, in the New Testament because that's the greatest commandment. And, and what we fail to realize is actually it's a command given to us from the Old Testament. How beautiful is that? He, Moses is saying, this is why you exist to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. This is the way you are meant to live your life. And then he says this in verse 7. Impress them on your children. What's them? These commandments. Impress these commandments on your children. Talk about them. Talk about these commandments when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Now, Think about what Moses is saying. He's saying to these parents and to the people of Israel, take God's word and teach your children. Talk about it with your children. Surely, if you're going to teach a child, it can't be that hard. Now, I've got three children, one on the way. That would make four. I've decided what car I want. Toyota Kluger, seven-seater, okay? Thank you to the people at Toyota. Uh, I'll take all sponsorships, endorsements, and any freebies, just saying. Have you ever tried to teach a child something? I know we have some uh, primary school teachers, and we've got fellow parents as well. You know, your kid asks you a question. Kids ask questions all the time. Let me throw out you an example. Why does the sun move? Why does the sun move from one side to the other? Or, you know, you're driving in the car and they go, why does the sun keep following us? All right? Anyway, when you have, you know, like, you try to explain to them that the sun is not moving. It's actually the earth that is moving because the sun is bigger than the earth. And because of the, the sun's gravitational pull, it is the earth that is, that is rotating around the sun. And, and the moon as well is also rotating around the earth as the earth is rotating around the sun. And your kid is like, what? So what do you say? Oh, it's because the sun wakes up 
and then has to go to sleep. That's how you explain it to children. And your children say what? Oh, okay. And then that's how they live their life, right? To explain something to your children must mean that it is firstly able to be understood at a level where they can understand it. Why would Moses tell the parents, explain and teach the child, your children the word of God if it was too hard to understand? See, this is what the Old Testament is assuming of its people that it is clear enough, the Bible is clear enough that even children can understand it. Deuteronomy chapter 30, 11 uh, to 14 reads this. Now, what I am commanding you, this is Moses speaking again, is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth, in your heart, so you may obey the word is very near you. This is what the Old Testament is telling us about the Scriptures. It is not far. It is not you know, difficult. It is actually accessible. This is the Old Testament. Now, we read into the Psalms, and there's so many, so many amazing passages in the Psalms that talk about God's Word. But, but Psalm 19.7 reads, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the law are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Making wise the simple. Psalm 119, 130 reads, The unfolding of your words give, gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The word of God is not just for those that are intellectually geniuses. The Word of God is not for those that, that got 99 in their HSC. The Word of God is not for those that have a, a, an IQ over 180. No, the Word of God makes the wise simple. Gives understanding to the simple. Now, say so you, you, can, you can look at me and go, I don't agree with that, and that's okay. But remember who you're not agreeing with, not me. You're disagreeing with the Word of God. Huh? You guys deal with that. Now, not only the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, in the same way in the Old Testament assumes the clarity of the Word of God, we see the same thing in the life of Jesus and in the rest of the New Testament. Jesus in His teachings, as He's teaching the churches and the synagogues and, and, and the Pharisees and His disciples and the, the, the crowds, He uses this phrase many times. Have you not read? Have you not read? In the Old Testament, have you not read? Why would Jesus say that? A lot of people think that when Jesus came, he came to, to go against the Old Testament law, but the Bible tells us, no, Jesus didn't come to, to disregard them. He actually came to fulfill them. There's an example in Matthew 22 where Jesus is engaging with the teachers of the law, and he says this in verse 29. Jesus wrote, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God says? See, the Pharisees were using God's word, the Old Testament, the Torah, what they believed. And they, and they were putting it forward to Jesus. 
And never in Jesus' ministry, never is there a time where Jesus contradicts the Old Testament. He never says, well, you know, that was a long time ago. You know, we need to contextualize that. And, you know, we need to bring that into our local context. And he never goes against it. He never says, oh, that's out of date. Jesus affirms that the problem of understanding in the Word of God was never the Word of God itself, but it was the listener's inability. And it becomes available for you to then take out in any ATM machine. So if we need money, where do we go? We go to the ATM machine. Is it clear to us? Of course, it's clear to us. If the CEO of Commonwealth Bank turned up and we asked him, hey, if we need money and we go to the ATM, and if he was to explain to us how the ATM system works within the banking and financial sectors of Australia, and how the, the effects of monetary and fiscal policy of government and, and, and global trade affects how we take and, and receive money. Now, for most of us, we'd be like, whew, 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 just give me my money. But for him, it is clear. See, my point is this. Just because you don't understand everything doesn't straight away mean that it's not clear. Because we have different levels of understanding. We have different ways of processing. The last part of the definition of clarity of Scripture reads this that we are able to, uh, it is able to be understood by all who read it, seeking God's help and being willing to follow it. Now, this is an important part is in when we read the Scriptures. Unlike any other book, like if you read Harry Potter, you don't need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate, or you know, illuminati, you know, you know, whatever it is, right? <laughs> illuminate, you know. You, you don't need... You, Maybe if you have a textbook, you know, sometimes, I don't know, in high school, I don't know if you ever, oh, I just remember. In high school, have you not ever prayed this prayer, dear Lord, my exam is tomorrow and my textbook is very, very thick. Tonight, while I am sleeping, impart the words of those textbook into my brain tonight by process of what? Osmosis, <laughs> right? <laughs> And that it would just seep into me and my exam would be fine, right? Let's be honest. I've, I've prayed that a few times. So maybe, you know, never worked. But You know, the reason why we need God's help is because the Scriptures are not just a book. It's not an information book. It is the living Word of God. And if you want to understand the living Word of God, the best magnifying glass, the best filter and sensor is God Himself. 1 Corinthians 2.14, those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit for they are foolishness to them and they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. What the Scriptures are telling us is that when we read the Word of God, we need to have a level of humility. We need to have a level of, a sense of humility as we approach God's Word. God's Word is not a mountain that we are claiming to climb. God's Word is, it's not 
a destination of, okay, well, I've read this much and I understand this much and, you know, I've, I've applied this much and, oh, I'm done. I'm done with God's Word. I've ticked it off. God's Word is not a destination. It is a lifelong journey. And we need God to help us to understand His truths. We need the Holy Spirit to give us eyes that will see what God is showing us. You know, have you ever, you know, one, one of my favorite passages when I was young, as, as like a 10-year-old was, you know, the Lord, you know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I love that verse when I was 10 years old. And then I read it again when I was, you know, 20 years old and when I was 30 years old. And you know what? It, 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 it was clear to me when I was 10. For some reason, it was clear to me when I was 20, but it meant something so much more. And when I read it at 30, it meant, it meant so much more, but it was clear to me once again. And that is what the Word of God is. It is the living and active Word. What we understand as a 10-year-old and a 20-year-old and a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70-year-old, it continues to develop in us. And we continue to ask God to reveal greater and deeper truths as we read God's Word. You don't just read the Bible once and go, ding, I'm done. It's not like that. Our capacity changes. The Holy Spirit reveals more and more to us as we grow deeper in relationship with Him. Why is the clarity of Scripture important to us? Why is it important that we understand that, that the Scriptures are clear? There are three encouragements for us. Firstly, the clarity of Scripture reminds us that as Christians, we can read the Word of God because God speaks to us in a way we can understand. If you don't believe that the Word of God is clear, then you will never read it. Why would you try to read something if you did not believe that it could be clear? The second encouragement is this, the, the clarity of Scripture gives us confidence that when we share what we know of God's Word, because it can be known to us, that it can be, it can be given to someone else. You know, I hear this all the time, you know, I haven't been going to church for a long time, I don't really know too much about the Bible, so I don't know if I'm the one to be going and, and sharing and witnessing, and what the clarity of Scripture is saying, no, what you already know is clear to you, and you can then go and share that with other people. And the third encouragement of the clarity of Scripture is that, that it gives us confidence that, that you don't need to understand all of the book of Leviticus. Sorry, that was just an example. You know, when you start reading the Bible, Genesis, really fun. Exodus, really fun. And then it sort of starts to go Numbers and Leviticus. And by, you know, some of us don't even get to Deuteronomy. The encouragement is that, that you don't need to know 100% of what the Bible said, every word and every, you know, pronunciation. You don't need to know everything. But that doesn't mean that it can't be clear to you. Let me finish with two stories. The first one's about me. One of, I guess it's on my resume actually, but something that I'm not super proud about, but I guess it's an interesting fact, but I, I would say that 
out of all the people in Chatswood, and it's a big call, there's about 15,000 people that live in Chatswood, I have the most bachelor degrees. I have three. Three bachelor degrees. No one has three bachelor degrees. 100%, no one in our church has three. The max you will have is two, because smart people would have had two, gone to a master's, doctorate, PhD, whatever, right? But, you know, I just kind of cruised, sort of. It just happened like that. Ended up with three bachelor degrees. You know, on, on paper, on paper, you know, like, they say you're not a preacher until you preach 500 messages. You know, 500 messages is about, it's 10 years, right? 50 weeks a year, you know, 10 years of preaching. So I, I, I'm kind of over that. You know, on paper, uh, people would say that I'm a very qualified teacher and scholar of the Word of God. But the, the truth is, the truth is that, that when I was at Bible college, uh, you know how there's, <laughs> you know how there's uh, in your classes, right, there's always that one person that you kind of wonder, like, did they come into the right class? Like, this is meant to be like, you know, sociology 101, and you're asking questions about mathematics, you know. I was that guy in Bible college. You know, I was probably one of the youngest in my class because I just went to, I finished uni and then I pursued my Bible college degree. And, and people who were in my class, they, they didn't just read their Bible, they knew their Bible. I barely read my Bible. Whereas these people were so well-versed in the Bible. There was this uh, class, Hebrew Language 101. I never got past 101. I just graduated at 101. And I said, do I need to do 201? They said, no. I said, I'm not doing it then. Hebrew 101. And Hebrew is like a mathematical language where it's all formulas and everything falls to a formula. And someone says to the teacher, excuse me, sir, if you put this letter and this letter together, then doesn't it you know, break the example? And the lecturer, who's one of the smartest men that I've ever met in my life, he stood there for seven full seconds, right? Just in silence. That never happens in the Bible. And then one of the guys at the back went, oh my God, he just went through the whole Old Testament in seven seconds and told us that that doesn't happen in the Bible. But I was filled, the room was filled with these guys who were not just eager to learn, but had studied the Bible, had read their Bible. I was just the kid that got out of youth group. I just learned that the Bible has five letters in it. Did you know that? In the entirety of the Bible, it's only got five letters, B-I-B-L-E. Okay. Tough crowd tonight. So... <laughs> You know, it was a struggle for me because I was claiming to be called to teach the Word of God and yet I was sitting in this room and I was the one that needed to be taught. There were so many weeks where people were having these amazing discussions, amazing theological discussions, amazing biblical discussions and I'm sitting there writing notes like, what? 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 So many times where I thought, oh, maybe I'll just be a youth pastor. 
You know, just stay at that level of understanding. You know, it's funny, I thought that would finish in Bible college, and then I got into ministry. And this is the criticism that I get, and it's okay, I'm secure. But one of the biggest criticisms that I get in my sermons, and you may or may not have made these criticisms, and that's okay, you can send it to my email, stevenchareallyreallycares at gmail.com. <laughs> and it's this, the sermons are good, it always starts with the bread, right? Nice and soft. But they lack a little bit of depth. But I'm sure he tries really hard. (laughs) You know, I've been preaching for 14 years now, and you know, the criticism has kind of stayed consistent. I thought, you know, maybe if I preach longer and if I study God's Word more, and you know, I'll just get better at it. And later, they will become like, someone will one day say, Steve, that is the most profound sermon I have heard in my life. Never heard that ever. (laughs) You know what's amazing is this? I'm okay with that. Why? Because I trust more in the clarity of the Scriptures than my ability to teach you and my own understanding. I am more confident than when you pick up the Bible and you read it for yourself that God will speak through that word more than what I will speak to you. You know, there are people in, a, in this room, in our church, that the, the, the level of clarity of Scripture, their understanding of Scripture is phenomenal. There are people in our community that go above and beyond their understanding of the Bible. You know, I'm like, how do you know Jesus loves me? And I'm like, well, you know, the Bible says so. And there are people that can explain to you historically, they can explain to you culturally why and how all of these happen. And you know what? I love that. I'm not threatened. I'm not threatened that someone's going to be like, hey, Steve, I think you should stop preaching because that guy, he just knows more than you. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm better looking than him. You know, like, (laughs) joking. I don't want to look at anyone because I don't want to put you on the spot. You know, for me, the clarity of Scripture, what the clarity of Scripture does for me is that it gives me the confidence that when I pick up my Bible and I read it for myself and I allow God to speak to me and how I understand it, and then when I start to pen my sermon and I teach in our church, that that will be clear enough. And I'm confident, not in myself, I'm confident in the Scriptures. That's just my job in this room. That's why I can do what I do. If I didn't believe in the clarity of Scripture, then I would be studying the Word and I would be very insecure because we have some very smart people. And so now, so what do I do? If you come to me with some funky theological question about like it was written in the Hebrew and you know in this context and in this translation, I'm like, you know what, that's an amazing question. Have you met our associate pastor, May? She's so smart. You know, she's smarter than me. She's, 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 she's literally smarter than me. You know, like she's wiser than me too. You know, there's a difference between smart and wise, okay? 
She's wise. Uh, I'm just a wise ass. You know? You know, she's got more experience in ministry to me. You know, she could sit down with a brand new Christian and go, hey, let me just explain to you, you know, all the elements of the gospel. I love that. Someone sits me down with a, with a non-Christian and I'm like, hey, sunny today, hey. <laughs> God made the sun <laughs> and he loves you. <laughs> you know, like, you know, but I'm okay with that. You know, the body of Christ is made up of many parts, so I'm just going to do my thing because I trust in the Scriptures more than what I can bring. Let me finish with this. We're heading out, years ago, we're heading out uh, as a family, and we're heading out, and it was a hot day. And I remember that I told the kids, hey, when we get in the car, if you're good, I'll give you an ice cream. I think this, is, uh, this would have been before Anna was born. And I said, I'll give you an ice cream. And then we're heading out and Chris, our eldest son, who would have probably been about six or seven at the time, he did something naughty because kids do naughty things. And him doing a naughty thing disqualified him from that ice cream. He was devastated. You ever been a kid? You know, something that you want gets taken away from you, like the most important thing in the world, an ice cream. Your world crumbles, ruins. So he's, he's getting in the car, he's crying. He's devastated. He knows he did wrong. He gets in the car, put him in the car, put the belt on, and get an ice cream out, and I give one to Ben. Because Ben was not naughty. He was just too young. And Chris sees that. He's so upset now because he saw what he missed out. But what do I do? Being the man of grace, the loving, forgiving parent, you know, the more loving and forgiving parent than the other parent. <laughs> you know, what do I do? From my other hand, I pull out another ice cream and say, Chris, you know you don't deserve this, right? And he's like, oh, my God, my dad loves me. And so I hand him this ice cream. I said, you know, you did wrong, right? And he goes, I know. I'm sorry. And I gave it to him. And he's smiling. And I'm smiling because I want all the brownie points as a parent. And as I turn around, Chris goes, hey, Dad, you know what this is called? I said, what, Chris? That's Grace. So what? Six, seven-year-old kid, he understood the concept of grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by your works so that no one can boast. For this six-year-old boy, he understood it. I'm so grateful to our kids' ministry who teach our children the Scriptures, because even to a six-year-old, the Scriptures can be clear. It was crystal clear because someone opened the Scriptures for him. 
Friends, the reason why we struggle to understand the Word of God is not because it cannot be understood. It is because we just don't open it. We don't open the Word of God. But the Bible says clearly, it is not far. It can be understood. So I want to encourage you. Something that we're doing in our life group is we're encouraging our life group to open the Word this month. Just one verse a day. Post it one verse a day. No one's posted today, but it's a Sunday, Sabbath. Take a rest. It's okay. I want to encourage you, church, open the Word. Because God will speak clearly, and you will and can understand it. Amen. Let's pray.